0: We read today from Mark's Gospel, chapter 13, verses 1 through 11 and 19 through 37, reading today from the English Standard Version. And as Jesus came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what wonderful stones and what wonderful buildings. And Jesus said to him, Do you see these great buildings? saying, I am he, and they will lead many astray. And when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. These are but the beginnings of the birth pains. But the Holy Spirit for in those days there will be such tribulation as has not been from the beginning of the creation that God created until now and never will be and if the Lord had not cut short the days no human being would be saved for the sake of the elect whom God chose God shortened the days. And then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or look, there he is, do not believe it, for false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform signs and wonders to lead astray, if possible, the elect, but be on guard, I have told you all things beforehand. But in those days, after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light. And the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But concerning that day, For you do not know when the master of the house will come in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or in the morning, lest he come suddenly and find you asleep. And what I say to you, I say to all, stay awake. Let us pray. Spirit of the living God. Reveal your word to us this day, that we might have life in your name. Amen. It is hard not to feel overwhelmed. Every hour of every day brings more news and information the latest headlines, each telling the same story from a different angle and point of view. And each of us has been affected in some way, whether by anxiety or sadness or fear, as we too are stirred to act to protect ourselves and our neighbors, many of whom we do not know, and most especially those who are most vulnerable in our families and among our friends, our lives depending upon our daily decisions and choices and priorities. We need each other. It's always been true, but recently we have been reminded. Though we human beings have always depended upon each other and upon the earth itself, for some of us, never more than now have we come to believe in this more deeply. Still, in spite of the headlines, In spite of projections, in spite of the hearsay on social media, as much as we think we know in this moment, here and now, the reality is that we don't. But one thing we do know, much of what we have been learning and discovering in these days is challenging us. As in so many ways, our present situation has enabled us to see our lives and our relationships as they really are, without the trappings of our many routines and schedules. And through this hardship, we have become heavy with grief, as we not only wonder what the coming days and weeks and months will bring, but also recognize that we are living in a present moment that we did not choose. A present moment that has made it possible for us to see many things beyond the surface. The risk of illness has raised alarm, adding to the burdens placed upon our life together. Empty aisles at the grocery store intensify the inequities of poverty and opportunity. Stay-at-home orders leave us worried for friends who struggle to find affordable housing in our city. School cancellations forcing parents to become teachers leave many unanswered questions about the role of education and families in our society. Medical supply shortages discomfort us in light of the rising costs of healthcare and its inaccessibility for many. Social distancing compels us to reconsider what it means to be a community. Rising unemployment uncovers a sudden feeling of insecurity that many individuals and families are now facing. We are, in many ways, displaced, never having been asked to leave, as we consider what really matters and what doesn't, and begin to ask ourselves what our lives will be like in the months to come. All of this and more we bring to our reading of Mark's Gospel this morning. A reading that challenges us in return to care and support each other with diligence and with a message of responsibility and hope. The situation in the narrative of Mark's Gospel is tenuous to say the least. The disciples anxiety is running high as they await in a matter of days the coming of what Jesus himself has told them is about to take place an arrest on false charges, a rigged trial based in lies, the maneuvering of politicians to preserve their reputations, the suffering of an innocent man to appease the crowd, and the death of a dear friend for reasons no one seemed at first to comprehend. The search for meaning is perhaps the most difficult journey that we ever make. And it matters when our hearts grow desperate, hungry with waiting and thirsty with questions and aching to find a way to keep on living, even when we don't know how. So when four of Jesus' disciples approach him privately to inquire concerning his teaching, it's not because they just want his attention. It is because they, like us, are eager to know and to understand. Tell us, tell us, they said, when will these things be? How might they have felt? As Jesus would later confess to them, he did not know. Of course, the things to which the disciples are referring concern Jesus' allusion to the eventual destruction of the temple in Jerusalem. No small thing, to be sure, and certainly not the kind of thing that you would go around speaking openly about. On the contrary, it's the kind of thing that you would want to speak carefully in public. The kind of thing that would likely stir up resistance and discomfort. After having spent many days together in the temple... Teaching and meeting with people, Jesus commented to his disciples that there would likely come a day when it would be no more. But let's be clear, it is not the case that Jesus is revealing to them some hidden secret, but that he, like some others in those days, could see that the writing was on the wall. Judea, after all, was an occupied region of the Roman Empire. And inasmuch as the temple in Jerusalem was a symbol of the people's faith, it was also a sign of complicity by the leaders in the region, who remained in power often by looking the other way. Surely there would come a day when the demands of Rome were more than the people of Judea were willing to live with and accept. Surely there would come a day when they would rise up in resistance, longing for freedom. And when that day came, as it did in the generations that followed, the Roman Empire would clamp it down with violence. And in fact, it was in the year 70 CE that the temple was destroyed. The city of Jerusalem burned to the ground. And the general consensus among scholars is that the destruction of the temple would have been fresh on the minds of the first readers of Mark's Gospel who themselves were those who had lived through such a tragedy and its aftermath, still looking for answers and for clarity as they suffered persecution in the years that followed. The answers of Jesus in today's reading were not likely to have satisfied the disciples' desire for understanding. But that's not to say that Jesus did not provide them and us with wisdom that is sufficient for the journey that we and they are making. To begin, Jesus says, Be careful that no one leads you astray, for indeed, if all you're ever looking for are answers, there will always be someone ready to tell you what you want to hear. Instead, Jesus tells them, Be on your guard, a phrase that can also be translated, See for yourselves. We should ever be weary, Jesus says, when heavenly explanations are given to interpret human suffering and casualty. Things like wars and violence, famines and disasters. Events like these are devastating to the earth and ravaged to the human community. And they're not of God, whose love and faithfulness are working to redeem the earth, not destroy it, to mend what is broken to heal what is torn apart, God does not look away when the earth is suffering. Jesus goes on to describe for his disciples that to believe in this message is not without cost. For there are many upon the earth who are threatened by the good news of the coming reign of God who are unwilling to accept that love can find its way in each of us, who are unwilling to accept that peace together can be achieved. And as for cowards who bully by greed and hatred and bigotry, who hide behind their violence, whose weakness is their fear of other people, for them the courage and freedom of the gospel is a message that cannot be accepted, for it exposes the fraudulence of their way of life. That is why Jesus declares that his followers may one day find themselves bearing witness before the authorities, brought to account for putting divine love into practice, compelled to explain the reasons for their depth of compassion, Their respect for human dignity, their resistance to injustice in all its forms, and perhaps most of all, for their peculiar proclamation of a God who comes to suffer with us. Don't worry, Jesus says, for on that day it will not be you who speak, but the Holy Spirit who will speak the truth in love through you. As the Apostle Paul also noted when he wrote from prison to the Philippian community, there are some who proclaim the gospel for no other reason than their own selfish motives. But there are others who are motivated by love. And Paul goes on to notice within himself that even having lost his own freedom, bound in chains, he found himself declaring love's message all the more with courage and boldness. Because even when it seems that we have nothing left to lose, the very fullness of love is free to live inside of us, working its way by the power of the Holy Spirit, pouring forth in all that we say and do. Love is the essence of the Spirit's work in each of us, love that cannot be defeated, love that cannot be taken away. Even if the sun should one day grow dark, such that the moon can no longer be seen in the evening sky, even if the stars should fall from the heavens, there is a promise, says our God, that will never be forgotten. It is with this understanding and trust that Jesus says to his disciples in answer to their question, Learn the parable of the fig tree. For as soon as its branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also when you see these things taking place, the things that trouble you at night, the things that give you pause, you know that he is near at the very gates. There are surely many lessons to be found in this parable. Indeed, the practice of our faith, like the budding of spring leaves, can also be a witness and a sign for the people around us that indeed God's reign has come. And it might be something extravagant, but it doesn't have to be a seemingly small thing, a word of comfort, in a time of suffering. suffering. A simple gesture of reaching out, or even just showing up to the people we live with, carrying out our daily responsibilities as best and as fully as we can, these too are some ways that God's love in us through the presence of the Holy Spirit can become known. Second, the promise of God made known to us in the good news of Jesus is not about I or me or you or them, It is about we, together, a promise to one day gather into one community, one people, from the many who are scattered upon the earth. A promise to leave no one abandoned, rejected, or left out. A promise to reconnect us to each other, come what may, for there is nothing that can separate us from the love and presence of God. Not long ago, while spending some time on a grassy hill nearby, I stumbled upon a little flower, unlike all of the other flowers in that field. I looked around and could not find another like it. It seemed to be one of a kind. I do not know how it came to be there. It was an unexpected sign of the season that could easily have been overlooked. Like the newest spring leaves on the tree, if we are not paying attention, we will miss the simple message that they declare. Summer is on its way. The good news that we glean from the story of Jesus is that buried beneath and beyond the many crosses that we bear, of illness and grief, of loneliness and desperation, of cruelty and injustice, there is life and where there is suffering, and where there is pain, and where there is death, God intercedes. God steps in. God makes a way where it seems no way can be found. For when all else fails, and there is nothing left on which we know to depend, the promise of love Remains and life remains and even when we experience the weight and heaviness of separation by grace, the community of creation remains. A community that one day will be gathered together to be at rest and at peace with each other. Though death may come and crosses will be born, come what may, the final word we do believe will be God's promise of redemption to us. And that is why we are to keep awake, to stay alert, to do our work of ministry and service unto the world, caring for and supporting each other as best we can together as those who are gathered to live and to demonstrate the proclamation of the gospel so that we may be found ready when he comes and by God's work of grace and love in and through us so that the world may be found ready when he comes. For such is the paradox of the gospel to the world and to us all, that to be near to the cross by the love and grace of our Lord Jesus Christ is to be near to the promise of the salvation of our God. Beloved, spring has come, and it is only the beginning. Amen.